0: National. We have Ellie Jones and David Cormack with us this afternoon. Well, today history's been made at Parliament where for the first time women will have an equal share of seats in the House as their male counterparts. Soraya Picky mason has been sworn in as Labour list MP this afternoon, replacing outgoing Speaker Trevor Mellor. Someone who knows all about significant milestones in politics is New Zealand's first female Prime Minister, Dame Jenny Shipley She was not only the first Female Prime Minister of Aotearoa The first woman to have led The National Party Dame Jenny Shipley Kia ora Kia ki- Nice to have you on the programme It's taken until 2022 But women finally make up Half the seats Roughly What was the percentage When you were in Parliament I wonder
1: Oh, it was tiny, Wallace. I I don't know the percentage, but I was number 28 when I arrived in 1987. So I think we're up to about 177 women who have been in the New Zealand Parliament now. So it's a big change, and I hope it brings a real change of culture.
0: Yeah, I mean, how was Parliament's attitude towards women when you became uh, Prime Minister in the late 90s?
1: Well, look, it was new territory. I mean, we had to argue to get bathrooms on every floor of the Parliament for women. Uh, It had been such a male-dominated place that they couldn't quite understand why we shouldn't walk down to the first floor. I mean, these are silly small things. Argue to get bathrooms? Well, there were were not women's bathrooms on every floor of the old Parliament, and uh, they had to be redistributed. Today, that's a done deal. We have uh, Mm. come so, so far compared with where we were then.
0: What do you think still needs to happen, uh, Dame Jenny, to make Parliament more equitable?
1: Well, look, interestingly, I don't think the focus should be on the parliament now. We're at 50%. We're one of the first countries in the world without a quota to get half our parliament with women standing alongside men governing governing our nation. And I would prefer us to move from the novelty of having women there to the issues that they're facing. So the change for me is, you know, when are we going to get uh, the pay gap? corrected we're, we're further ahead than many but now that there are women there in numbers across all parties there's just no excuse that we can't advance the issues for the women of New Zealand and I think that's where the focus should shift to
0: and you see the gender pay gap as one of the key issues huh
1: Well, it's one, but, you know, women care about the economy, Uh, they care about mindlessly stupid television programs that sexualize uh, normal life. They they care about a lot of things, some of which are gender-specific, others of which are their real lives, high interest rates, inflation, getting their kids to school and so on. And I think that, so, so let me be clear, it's great that we now have 50% representation. But we should now ask our women and men that we've hit this point, what can they do for New Zealand? And I do think that once you get to a critical mass, while there are still sexist issues in the Parliament and they should be dealt with mm-hmm. and are much better than they were when I was there, I actually they're there to govern for New Zealand and I would like us to turn attention much more to outcomes of public policy.
0: Now, Dame Jenny, we've got a panel, of course, with us. We have both uh, David Cormack and Ellie Jones uh, uh, with us, and um, they might sort of want to field a question or a comment. Ellie Jones? I'm
2: champing at the bit. Yes, please, Dame Jenny, I was punching the air and saying go, sister, because I'm hearing what you're saying and totally agree with you uh, Mm -hmm. with regards to now turning our attention to the issues. I mean, last last week we were commemorating 50 years since the Equal Pay Act was introduced, Mm -hmm. and there's still been little progress made. Uh, And what I'm What I want to ask you from a politician's perspective, I'm still hearing female politicians say things, do things that disappoint me when it comes to these sorts of issues. So what would change or what needs to change to get these things sorted and progressed?
1: Well, look, it's hard to, uh, you know, we need an hour to discuss that list. But, but I do want the commentators to stop uh, focusing on the novelty. There is no novelty. We are there 50%. So please listen to our voices rather than focus on, you know, what it used to be like or, right. or the, the, the personal sexism. These are women leaders who have fought their way into politics through the particular parties. They're now in the parliament and alongside their male colleagues we should expect them to focus on the issues that affect real people's lives so I'm, I'm wanting them to bring their whole selves the fact that they represent women but they also bring their experience and intellect success for me will be when we just simply expect our representatives who are now fully representative in both experience and gender terms and in Māori we have a very diverse New Zealand Parliament now let's get on and lead our country
0: uh, D- David will bring in soon but uh, Ellie do you want to come back on that?
2: Well i just I just wonder though, Jenny, why this is still being done. I mean, I do hear what you're saying, and the focus is on that novelty, but surely to goodness, things like equal pay and and the equity gap that we're still seeing and that you know the midwives and nurses have been arguing mm. this for a long time, the novelty hasn't distracted from that discussion, surely. So what is mm-hmm. stopping the progress?
1: Well look it's a matter of everybody being systematic and looking at what's now still the the residual barrier. Is it money? Is it law? Is it um, a lack of attention to what the real issues are that are preventing that last 9 or 10% uh, of of the gender wage gap to close? And some of these things are not easy even in my corporate experience until women and men as directors sit down at the table and say well what are we paying our people? Why are there differences? And really probe in. Sometimes it's not a matter of law, it's a matter of the application of the law.
0: Do you have gender pay equity at I'm Sorry? Do you have gender pay equity at
3: Mainzeal?
1: Well, as you know, Mainzeal is not a company that's existing anymore.
3: Yeah. Uh, David? Yeah, I mean, I... I disagree to an extent. I think that a lot of the culture within Parliament is, has kind of been designed by men for men and so mm-hmm. I think there is a there is a strong element that, that women need to uh, try and make, well, men actually need to give space, but you know there does need to be a shift in culture there to make it uh, more friendly for all genders and you know in regards to the gender pay gap I completely agree. Hopefully we stop seeing, you know, industries which are traditionally dominated by women getting paid less and Mm. and benefits being slashed, which disproportionately affects women who are usually in charge of household spending. So I'm right there with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, keep going, uh, Dave Jenny. Sorry.
1: I'm not suggesting that we don't have to address the the issues uh, in the parliament and there are both women and men who with very good intention are starting to deal with this and it takes a lot of time to drive those behaviours out of, out of a parliamentary environment just as it does in companies or anywhere else. Mm. So we do need to expect women and men to stand together and own this stuff. But I actually think that there is women parliamentarians and our male colleagues. We do women a disservice if we don't actually focus as Ali and David have said On the real issues that confront New Zealand women and men today. And women do still carry a disproportionate of uh, frustrations that they want people to look at the structural inequity that still exists there and to try and do the work that can somehow rather correct it so we value these
0: people. Very true and it'll be a far longer discussion Dame Jenny if we started talking about you know policy settings within various parties but I do want to come back to Parliament and Parliament itself because some of the stories are actually quite extraordinary if you do Taken to account history, you know, um, uh, the, the the difficulties. For example, Ruth Richardson had just breastfeeding uh, in one of the offices, <laughs> and an MP had a point of order saying oh, no. there was a stranger in the house, the baby, and stuff that many of our younger listeners might find are actually very very hard to believe actually happened. Is there any point in your parliamentary career where you thought, oh? Come on, get off the grass. Is this happening to me?
1: Oh look I remember Sir Robert Muldoon telling me that you know I should be back in the kitchen making scones I think the question for women in leadership though is are those moments going to divert you from why you went there in the first place and I always used to ask the question is this more about him than me and in that case Mm -hmm. it was far more about him than me and it didn't stop me albeit it's a stab in the side in the moment that those uh, statements are made however Wallace this is not kindergarten it is a very demanding space and we need to support our women as they come through these parties and take on these challenges but we also need to think about how we then uh, make a big impact on some of the big issues that are still in front of us where women's health there's a lot of issues that are not equal yet and we do need to turn our attention to the detail. All
0: right. Very good Dame Jenny Shibley Kia ora. thanks for your time there uh, 18 past four uh, go back in the kitchen And make scones. Whew. Ellie.
2: Oh no! I've heard Gosh. stories. I, I, when I was I was a member of the National Council for Women for for a while, and the, you know, there's an example of um, something that's quite inequitable. Uh, this was set up as after Kate, you know, it was Kate Sheppard's organisation after they helped win the right for women to vote, and now this organization's run mainly by volunteers. It's on the smell of an oily rag. And I remember one of the women at a conference saying to me once that she and a couple of colleagues went up to Wellington, and again it was Robert Muldoon, and they were uh, shown into his office, and they walked up to his desk and they they stood there she said it was a good couple of minutes just standing there and then one of them looked up and then and then he looked up and said what are you doing just standing there girly you know and and it wasn't that long ago it was um it was in the 70s and so not only was it disrespectful but well it was entirely disrespectful and not that long ago i mean does hearing stuff like that surprise you wallace
0: Um, No it doesn't I just uh, I guess um, When you hear it like that um, Because no one has ever talked to me like that It does shock It does shock you, does it not
3: David? I mean It still goes on today And I'm I'm shocked to hear it today Mm. I'd like to think we're better than that And then some bigoted Sexist jerk comes along And reminds me that no we're not better than that
0: yeah, uh, nineteen past form the panel to this. Uh, Rishi Sunak, forty-two, is set to become the UK's next prime minister, replacing Liz Truss after her six weeks as Conservative Party leader. A former Chancellor of the Exchequer and the son of Indian immigrants, Sunak will be the first person of colour to lead Britain. He said the country is currently facing a profound economic
3: challenge. The United Kingdom is a great country. But there is no doubt, we face a profound economic challenge. We now need stability and unity, and I will make it my utmost priority to bring our party and our country together.
0: His parents saved money to send him to Winchester College, one of Britain's most elite and academically rigorous fee-paying schools. I think it was about $91,000 New Zealand a year. Uh, He went on to make a fortune in finance and is one of Britain's wealthiest people. Sunak said he he did want to see tax cuts in the long term and said bringing inflation first under control should be... The priority with us to discuss is Alex Tan, Professor of Political Science at the University of Canterbury. Professor Tan, kia ora. kia ora. Well, a milestone. He's also the youngest Prime Minister in more than 200 years. But how much of a milestone do you see this as?
1: Well,
4: milestone in the case of uh, the first British Asian to be Prime Minister. Mm. Milestone as far as age. But, uh, unfortunately, I think uh, it's going to be a tough 18 months for him, considering uh, what happened with the failed uh, uh, mini-budget uh, of Liszt Trust. Uh, so it's going to be a tough going.
0: He doesn't have a mandate from the public, really. I mean, that's a bit of a nub, isn't it? Uh, he's ruled out a general election. Wouldn't it be better for the British public if there was a, you know, a general election?
4: yes uh certainly from a democratic uh, standpoint uh we certainly would uh voters would like to see that but uh in the parliamentary system as westminster uh he does actually have 18 months to play with mm. and the reason why he was able to also get this top job so to speak is because many of the backbenchers are actually worried that if he calls election right now uh conservatives are gonna be minority for sure
0: now, in terms of the wealth, because the wealth, um, Professor Tan, has been raised as an issue, huh? I mean, the family's Georgian Manor House. What do you got? You've got a 400,000-pound uh, indoor swimming pool. There's a gym there. There's also a tennis court. I mean, he's never claimed to be a man of the people, but goodness gracious, will he be able to relate to the everyday person in British public life?
4: Well, I think in a way he would. Uh, much of that wealth is actually... From uh, uh, Spunak's wife side, uh, from the family, sure. uh, uh, who's an Indian billionaire, but of course he also made his money uh, being head in the hedge fund uh, finance industry. Um, he, however, being a son of a migrant a father, uh, who's a GP, mother, it's a pharmacist. So in a way, he grew up uh, in quote unquote relatively middle class lifestyle. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Tories, uh, they are. You have to have particular breeding, so to speak, to to be part of the Conservative but, Party, I suppose.
0: Particular breeding to be part of the Conservative Party. That sounds like uh, it's time to bring David Cormack in.
3: I mean, he sucks, right? Like, they all suck, and he sucks even more than Liz Truss. He lost to her, Um, and she was a disaster. He was also really staunchly pro-Brexit, which has been shown to be the absolute disaster that everyone thought it was going to be. The best thing about him is that he did create the delightfully named Eat Out to Help Out campaign. Uh, other than that, he's just a train wreck of a human being, yeah. and the United Kingdom wow. is just heading for disaster zone.
0: Wow! And he oh. also polled spectacularly popular when he was handing it all the uh, all the um, uh, grants to businesses. So um, wrong on some of those counts, David. He was actually a very popular uh, contender. Uh, Alex, what have you got? What, have, what, what do you have to say to a David Cormac's rant? What? Well- Unfortunately,
4: you know, he is indeed uh, a very ardent Brexiteer, and that ended up really a mess for Europe. But, uh, oh, unfortunately, you know, I mean, he was, he's now being handed a really awful situation, uh, to, to dig uh, Europe, uh, uh, UK yeah. out of you so you know, Sorry, our, I'm
3: just going to jump in. You say he's being handed an awful situation. The dude was chancellor for quite a while, so he's kind of the author of his own awful situation in a way. Like we shouldn't let him off the off the hook just because other people have sucked after him. He still sucks. <laughs> well, put it this
4: way: <laughs> he may have left. He may have left it in a muddy uh, in a muddy soil. A uh, UK economy in a muddy soil. Uh, Liz, trust, uh, just dig another. You know a uh, uh, six feet under, so to speak, so now he has to find dirt to to fill it back up just to get up to the muddy soil so this is just ca- ca-
0: before 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 uh, Ali comes in, he- here we have a person uh, 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 David who is in many ways groundbreaking you know an, uh, ushering in a new era for the youngest person since the Napoleonic years, the first person of color, New York Times has really focused on that aren 't you just being a little bit petulant on my show this afternoon? No no, and I know that you 're <laughs> yes. just basing yes, you me are. wallace no. Like no. I
3: understand that you're just baiting me, no, but I'm yes, no, congratulations on being the first uh, uh, Asian uh, person to become Come prime on, minister, David. Fantastic. The youth thing, I don't give any any cut to. The man has crappy policies that has hurt the poor. UK has been under austerity for a decade and a half. They reckon three hundred thousand people die every year that don't need to because of it. He's a major part of it. He sucks. His party sucks. Stay there, Alex. Oh. Oh God. Ali. No, this is the, this is the tea
2: reverse snobbery that we get from, from people like David, it really does drive me nuts. You have got to give someone someone credit where credit's due. He does uh, deserve credit for being the first Prime Minister of Colour. He does deserve credit for being the youngest person to take office. Um, and so I don't think you can just dismiss him outright. What I do want to ask Professor Tan to return some sort of standard to this conversation uh, is I understand <laughs> that Sunak clashed with Liz Truss during the um, leadership race during the previous leadership race. He did not like her uh, inflation crisis um, or the plan that she was going to put in place. And he said it would plunge the economy into chaos. Do you think that's going to help him moving forward as far as gaining confidence uh, amongst the Tories and and Britons generally?
4: Well, just just the fact that uh, he predicted in a way that the unfunded of tax cut won't work uh is uh means to say that he he understands how the is run. You know the guy's a heads funds uh, financier. Uh but at the same time though, I mean the question is is what next? Mm. Uh because you cannot certainly just do austerity measures. And in fact Nicola Sturgeon, SNP leader, has actually said, forget that. I mean Britain is already in a tough position. If you're gonna pull back this austerity measure pull austerity measures again, it will be a very, very difficult winter. So yeah, I mean, we uh, Liz Truss' uh, economic policies were just simply no good, uh, in what he calls it, uh, uh, almost like a fairy tale economics, so to speak. Mm, mm, uh, give, mm. g- it gives us a little bit of confidence to to say that okay, he understands this. But the next question is, how do you dig UK out of this problem?
0: Um, Professor Tan, it's a pleasure having you on the programme I'm going to get you back again and please um, uh, uh, disregard my panellists Kia ora, that's Alex Tan <laughs> hey. Goodness gracious oh, me, man. what a disgrace you both are uh, 28 past four By the way, a uh, lot of support for Dave though. love your panelists, Wallace He's getting <laughs> closer to the bone um, Now, I just want to get the panellists' thoughts on this before the headlines. Uh, We had a bit of a treat in the weekend, deciding to book uh, in for a a long weekend away in Taupo. And it was suggested at the hotel that we clean up the dishes. And I said, well, uh, that's all very well. But the idea of a getaway is that you get away from the dishes. The response was that, Hey Wallace, it's common courtesy to do a tidy up before the, for the room staff come on through, and that includes you doing your dishes. And I said, look, I don't stack the plates. And offer to do the dishes in a restaurant. What's the difference here? And I thought, hmm, I know how to take this to the panel. Um, so around <laughs> around the panel here, Ali, you wouldn't do the dishes, would you? You might put no, the no, I would.
2: I would you, put them in the dishwasher, and you were just going to say that, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I'd put them in the dishwasher and turn the dishwasher on, but I do not do the dishes and I do not strip that's beds. Right. I have got that's friends right. that do that. And with Airbnb, there's a service charge in there and a cleaning fee. That's what that's for.
0: Well, that was what I thought. I thought I'm being, I'm paying fairly good money to have a bit of a treat away for myself, Mafano, my and I'm not going to do my dishes. David Cormack, you are in a hotel,
3: you don't do the dishes, do you? I mean, I don't usually create a lot of dishes when I'm, when I'm in a hotel uh, in the first place. Maybe a, a saucer with some powder, but there's, there's not a lot of dishes that I'm leaving behind. Um, but I'm not surprised to hear that neither of you are prepared to do the dishes. Sure, I would absolutely <laughs> do this. In fact, yeah, the last time that Kim and I did stay in an Airbnb, we absolutely did the dishes. Because, you know, it doesn't hurt us, and it's kind of nice for the hosts
2: though I would never expect our guests to do the dishes. That's in fact, right. when I'd go in that's there right. and they were doing them, I'd say, "Stop doing them! You've already paid for the 100%, and don't do hundred percent, David.
0: I think it's weird. I, I think can't it's quite help that you're that both you...
3: terrible human beings. All no, right, no, that's no, no. your thing.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's just strange that you decide to take a, you and your family on a break and yeah. you um, neglect them while the you decide work. to do the housework.
3: Yeah, that's exactly the only two options. Either neglect my family or do the dishes. You've absolutely (laughs) nailed it.
0: What would you do? Text me 2101. You're on the panel. with me, Wallace Chapman, David Cormack, and Ali Jones. With me, it's time for headlines.